This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We're going to speak with our friend Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt. And of course, Senator Merritt and I are now working on a weekly project called Capital Happenings. It's a weekly podcast on YouTube as well as uh, SoundCloud and iTunes where we take you through this week in the Indiana legislature. It's a way to try to keep citizens up to date on these big bills because of course the legislature getting ready to reconvene and uh, just a way we're trying to trying to reach out and allow people to have access to what's going on in uh, in their state government and of course there are so many bills and so many things that are moving it's just a, just a nice way to try to keep track of what's going on and so uh, on this show probably each week we're going to play that episode of Capital Happenings as an episode of Central Indiana Today because that's what we do here we try to inform you and keep you up to date on what's going on with uh, with many aspects of, uh, of government both at a local and, and state level so here we go here's our second edition of Capital Happenings Capital Happenings podcast and on the program 
today, we kind of take a look at an issue that's really big during the holiday season. It's hunger and, and combating poverty. So here is the second edition of Capital Happenings with Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt. Welcome into the second edition of Capital Happenings. I'm Rob Kendall, along with Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt. Senator, great, great to be with you again. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Now, today we're going to talk about hunger, and I know that's an issue that's been a, a big topic for you over the years. How did you get involved in that? Well, uh, it goes all the way back to high school with understanding what is going on in our communities and, and that those who need a, a hand up rather than hand out is quite large. It's always been that way, and, and uh, I worked on homeless issues, and it's just really become a part of my fiber. Now, again, uh, on the program today, we're going to discuss that. First, I want to let you know how you can check out our program. Of course, you're watching this on YouTube, available there. We're also on SoundCloud and iTunes. You want to listen to that audio version. It's great. You can download it right to your smartphone or tablet. Go back and listen anytime you want. So a couple different ways you can check that out. We're also picking up radio affiliates. We're going to be picking up radio affiliates across the state. So you'll be able to hear us on terrestrial radio. And we're actually going to be heard Monday evening, December the 26th, on uh, 98.9 WYRZ. You'll be my guest on Central Indiana today and then part of our program uh today's show will be heard on uh, wibc tomorrow night friday so it's going to be very exciting let's talk about hunger in in indiana do we have a problem we do and and the stats are that one in five children are hungry every day in the state of indiana and it's it's a shame and i'm ashamed and i think we need to continue to work hard uh, obviously we're around the holidays right now and and uh, the Wheeler mission, you saw the governor um, slash uh, VP-elect. He wears yeah. a lot of hats right now, Yes, right? He, he does. And he had the a mission, uh, Wheeler mission hat on yesterday. And, and uh, he, he enjoys working in those facilities like Second Helpings. Uh, but it can't be just this time of year. It's got to be 12 months a year. And we have to continue to pay attention because uh, poverty has... Uh, not seeped in our, into our community, it has lurched into our community, and, and we need to work uh, continually hard on that. And, and I've um, branded this hashtag kill hunger. There's several pieces of legislation we'll have this year. Uh, we're on the continual march to uh, reach out to those and help those in need. And again, uh, the premise of the show is we're going to keep you involved in what's going on with the Indiana State House. And so obviously session getting ready to start. So once we get rolling there, we'll be bringing you each week big bills that are going on. But we kind of got this lull period here. And we thought this would be a, a really good thing uh, to talk about. You know, government alone can't solve issues. You know, it needs the, the public, the private sector to be involved. What is sort of the approach with the Indiana government to work with other entities to try to tackle mm -hmm. hunger? Yeah, well, we're all in this together, and that's exactly right. Uh, government has to uh, let go of some of the trappings or some of the, the, the strings that are attached. For instance, in the state of Indiana, you can uh, kill someone, uh, commit murder, be convicted of it, and then get out of uh, prison once your, your debt to society is finished and get food stamps. Uh, that is incorrect or, or different, I should say, from what uh, a drug felon offender has. An ex-offender getting out after they've been convicted, served their time uh, as a drug felon, cannot get uh, food stamps. This makes no sense whatsoever, and we need to help those that are getting out of prison, the ex-offenders, find a job, but also be able to eat, and we will have legislation changing that this year. 
And again, we talked. I hosted a forum uh, earlier this summer uh, with AFF America's Future Foundation about how you help people readapt into society, and that's a huge issue. I know that people face is who wants to hire these people, and how do we encourage businesses? Because mm-hmm. if they've got person A and person B, person and they're e- maybe equal or close to being equal, this person has a record, this person doesn't. Mm-hmm. You can't blame the business owner for saying I'm going to hire the person, the, the person without the record. And so, how does the legislature kind of craft incentive packages and things of that? nature to, mm-hmm. to encourage people to get back on their feet? Well, it's a very good question. Uh, I, I believe there's going to be a, uh, some legislation that encourages by incentives and tax credits. Uh, we also have Recycle Force in, in the city of Indianapolis where uh, ex-offenders can go and, and work and be paid uh, for tearing down computers and different types of technology. So we're, we're, we're just scratching the surface. And, and as, as well, in Indiana, we'll have a piece of legislation this year that um, kind of destroys the asset test. You could be laid off from your job, and, uh, and government says, spend all of your cash uh, before we will give you food stamps. And, and, uh, and this is just so contrary to what we should be working on. We ought to be helping people, first of all, get a job, get back on their feet. Unemployment is, is supposed to be a temporary situation, and food stamps are too. So we ought to be able to uh, allow and uh, make sure that people can eat uh, and not destroy their nest egg. One of the things I know that the state does that I think is a great thing in terms of insurance, because that's a huge expense for a lot of people. I had a person the other day who signed up for the Healthy Indiana Plan that I know about was approved, and they're elated with it. Let's talk a little bit about that program, because I know it really does help uh, lower-income people. Well, absolutely. And and uh, HIP 2.0 is uh, different from virtually every other state in the, in the union. The Commonwealth of Kentucky is actually trying to copy what we're doing here. But uh, several years ago when we passed it, uh, it was something that, that was dramatic. Um, it allowed us to take care of people who uh, cannot take care of themselves in regard to insurance. Um, I would imagine, and I don't have the stat here, but I, it's, not a, it's not a big guess that we have better health care in the state of Indiana because of HIT 2.0 than most any other state in the union. Yeah, and it's, it's a... Uh state-driven solution, which I think is a huge thing. And I think under the new Trump administration, uh, well, obviously with Governor Pence being there as vice president, mm-hmm. it's going to be a big uh, big priority put on that. Well, uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, Seema Verna, who is going to be working um, as almost a cabinet member um, uh, in the Trump cabinet, uh, on these issues uh, was the person who really designed HIP 2.0 here. And uh, what, what the difference with HIP 2.0 and Romney Care, for instance, in Massachusetts, we have market forces here in, in the state of Indiana with HIP 2.0. We, uh, it's not a giveaway. We, we actually have um, some buy-in from the people who actually use the, use the service, if you will. And, and I think that's one of the keys uh, to the future of, of health care. We want people to be healthy, and we want them to take care of themselves. Uh, and, and thus, uh, uh, HIP 2.0 is a, is a great start in that, in that uh, vein, and hopefully Washington gets it. 
uh, I'm going to break off from hunger and mm-hmm. dealing with low income issues here in, in just uh, for just a moment. Um, you don't know I'm going to do this, but I want to say congratulations for you. You were presented with the Sagamore the Wabash <laughs> Award today. It's really cool. How do I get one of those? <laughs> I'm certain that you're uh, you're, 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 you're right in line. I but, saw uh, on, the, on the parking lot on the way in, I was walking in, and uh, Holcomb waved to me unprompted and said Merry Christmas. So I'm thinking maybe maybe January. Uh, you're on the li- the governor's list. Maybe maybe even Santa's list. Who knows? <laughs> it's a nice song honor for uh, my service to the state of 26 years and I uh, we may have 26 more years in, in front so. of us but uh, it was a nice honor it's rare cover. that lawmakers get that sort of award yes it is it is rare and and uh, I feel very very uh, privileged and very um, uh, it's just a very nice feeling to be uh, awarded that it's a nice Christmas gift and Merry Christmas to everyone out there yeah so one of the topics we're also going to talk about today because uh, we're actually going to air part of this on WIVC tomorrow night Friday night uh, which will it'll air uh, six to six to seven p.m and so Senator Merritt's going to be a part of that with me let's talk about this DNA bill and of course there is a bill that's going to come before the legislature this year that would allow uh, law enforcement to uh, acquire DNA from someone if they're arrested uh, for a felony I'm sure you're going to get a lot of uh, comments both sides tell me why this bill has come forward well first of all congratulations on the wibc gig uh i uh dna is today's fingerprint and uh many people are critical of this because of civil liberties but i believe that uh, not only this can solve crimes and make sure that the right individuals are convicted incarcerated but as well as the the individuals who are innocent are exonerated. Most people don't um, don't talk about the the positives of this that we've seen many times in the last five or ten years, where people have served sometimes up to ten and thirteen years in incarceration in in prison for uh, something they did not do. And so this is this. There are two edges to this. One, we are going to convict uh, people who are guilty, and 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 second of all, and more importantly. I believe we're going to exonerate those that are innocent. Uh, I was, I was going to ask you, obviously, Senator Aaron Houchin is the, the sponsor of, of this bill. Mm-hmm. A similar bill came before the legislature last year. It did not pass. What do you think the difference is going to be in 2017? Well, the legislature turns over a, a great deal every two years. And sometimes in the House of Representatives, it's, it's upwards to uh, 20%. It's um, almost there in the Senate this year. I think there are different personalities, number one. But two, technology has changed. Uh, and, and, and as well as we've seen uh, crimes solved in, in, in the past year or so where, where other states have a, a, a solid DNA law. And, and, um, and it served as a great tool, great equipment for uh, law enforcement. And we believe those that support this bill, uh, hopefully law, uh, it will help us uh, not only convict but exonerate. One of the arguments I've seen from prosecutors about this bill is we already acquire fingerprints. Is there a difference? Uh, a lot of people say, well, that's not DNA. Is there a difference between acquiring someone's fingerprint and DNA? Absolutely. Right now, uh, upon arrest, people um, have their fingerprints taken and they also have a photograph. And that is really, uh, that the, that's the history of the person. That can be um, in a uh, national, nationwide uh, database. But um, DNA is, is so much more um, uh, effective in, in, in uh, finding out, finding people. Or, or not finding people, if you will. And so um, I, I, what I want to be clear about today, though, is that 
um, we are proposing DNA is taken along with uh, the fingerprint and along with the photograph. However, uh, if someone is uh, not convicted, the DNA will not be kept. And, and I firmly believe that if someone is exonerated, that someone is, is um, uh, incorrectly in error uh, arrested, we should not keep their DNA. Now, we keep their fingerprints and we keep their photograph, but I think uh, because of the interest, because of what people, how people feel about it, we should destroy the DNA um, once that person is exonerated or not charged. Now you were telling me a recent uh, crime in Zionsville was actually solved by this. Exactly. It was the, it was the man uh, tragically gunned down in his driveway. And, uh, and then the, and the, the person, the, the um, accused who was found, uh, was found through Ohio's DNA law and not, in, and not ours, obviously. And so this demonstrates uh, to me that we need this in our toolbox of law enforcement. How much, pr- uh, I guess pressure is the right word, how much pressure do you think you're going to get from constituencies on this bill? you think it'll mm-hmm. be a big deal, or do mm-hmm. you think that there won't be much conversation about it? Well, well, first of all, Senator Halchin uh, is doing a great job of leading the effort this year. I have uh, been working on this issue since, since the idea of using DNA as a law enforcement tool uh, was, was, uh, that came on the scene. And so we continue to file this bill. We continue to work on this bill. And uh, I don't know what the odds are, but I do believe the, that tragedy in, in, in Zionsville and finding the, the, um, the uh, at least finding the person accused of doing the murder, um, committing the murder, um, uh, gives us a lot of, we don't ever want momentum, but it has given us a lot of momentum. Take us inside how a bill is crafted like this. Like, who do you listen to? Obviously, you're going to hear from law enforcement, I would assume. You're going to hear from civil liberties groups. How do you balance all that information, and who do you seek out to talk to? Well, in this bill, in this this area of law, um, I've worked on this legislation for, oh, five, seven, ten years. And so I read a lot of newspaper accounts, and there, there, there are so many different um, places that you can understand technology and and, and databases and, 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 and just finding out how far along we actually have come and, and Indiana needs to catch up with the rest of the country. And, and it's just very important that we have this so that, like I said, we can exonerate people and we can convict people. Uh, but uh, when it comes to uh, doing research and understanding the issue, I do a lot of reading. This is Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt. We're talking about this DNA bill that would allow law enforcement to acquire DNA if someone is arrested for a, a felony. Uh, how do they acquire the DNA? Have you guys worked out the details on that yet? The devil is in the details. Uh, one uh, problem we have in the state of Indiana is actual uh, collection, but more so in storage. We don't have a first-rate uh, storage system in the state of Indiana, and that will be a criticism of this bill. If you're going to collect more DNA, because DNA is collected when you are convicted, uh, but if you're going to collect on a felony arrest, uh, we have got to improve the system of storage. And uh, it could be a swab in in the in in the uh, mouth. It could be a number of uh, number of ways. But 
bottom line is is if uh, we're going to have a quality system in the state of Indiana, we need to we need to uh, make sure that our storage system is better and improved. Just, just a couple of quick uh, final thoughts on this DNA bill. You mentioned the uh, your concern is that it be destroyed if someone is not convicted. What sort of time frame should that be stored for? Because sometimes it takes years for cases to get to to court. Sometimes uh, people are arrested and then they're released, and then the prosecutor looks at it and says, "Hey, we made a mistake. We 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 don't think there's enough to really to go forward with this person." What sort of time frame are we looking at with that? I I always um, I always uh, uh, stand on uh, reason and what is reasonable, and and I'm waiting for law enforcement to come forward and. And, and talk to us about what is a reasonable amount of time. Uh, years, obviously, if the case is still fresh and still ongoing, we keep the DNA. Um, if the person is let go and is exonerated, we get rid of it. Uh, what are you hearing from on, on your partnership over there in the House? Obviously, bills go both ways. There's a lot of negotiation. Uh, is this something they want to address as well? I've had a lot of conversation with uh, Representative Stewart-Wald. And I actually talked with Representative Bauer once about it. And I think we do have, we do have momentum. I believe it will uh, pass the House and um, has a good chance in the Senate. It really is a devil in the details, though. I think uh, having a quality storage system and making sure that we don't keep DNA uh, that, uh, of an innocent person. Again, the program is Capital Happenings. I'm Rob Kendall, along with Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt. Let's get back to the focus of today's show, because obviously Christmas coming up on Sunday, talking about dealing with hunger uh, in Indiana. Can you provide some sort of statistics on what you've seen, whether there's been a rise or a a fall in hunger over the past decade or so? Well, there has been a rise, and and, uh, and, and people that are doing without is, is growing as we speak. Uh, there have been great efforts to make sure that kids have backpacks full of food for fall and spring and, and breaks, and, and as well as uh, IPS and many other schools have places where you can go pick up food during the summertime. But um, if, if you look at the state and you, have, you overlay uh, addiction, poverty, and hunger, uh, it's all in the same places in the state of Indiana. And, and, and so it all melds together with these, these issues that are, that are people, these challenges that are confronting our families around Indiana. And it's, um, it's something we need to continue to work on. Luckily, uh, WIC, luckily, uh, SNAP dollars are in credit card type of um, currency, if you will. And so the stigma of being poor, that people won't feel bad about going into a grocery store. Uh, but uh, uh, we, we need to redouble our efforts and make sure that we understand that people are impoverished 12 months a year rather than just Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, and, uh, and, and, uh, and the issue is uh, putting, uh, putting ourselves on the line and going helping people. Again, our guest is Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt. The program is Capital Happenings. Don't forget, you can, you're watching it here on YouTube. You can also download the program on SoundCloud and iTunes. You just search Central Indiana Today. That's where it's listed under. That's my uh, my nightly show. And uh, we archive it there. You can go back and listen on your, on your smartphone or tablet anytime you want. And then we're picking up radio stations. We're going to be heard on the radio. And, and what we're going to be doing now, we're kind of getting some broad-range issues in our first couple of episodes. But uh, once first of the year starts, we're going to be delving into very specific bills coming before uh, the Indiana legislature. There was a press conference the other day. I saw our buddy Tim Brown. Doc Brown was there. It involved road funding. Uh, curious to get your thoughts on kind of what the House is putting out there. Well, it's it's a House-Senate um, proposal, Senate-House proposal, 
Uh, Senator Kenley and Representative Brown um, have done an outstanding job this summer uh, guiding a commission, uh, looking at all the different ways that we might be able to fund uh, more highway maintenance, local roads. We all know we we have... um, uh, situations out in the, out in our state that uh, bridges need to re- be replaced and maintained. Uh, it it is something that uh, we promised last session that we would put a great deal of effort into, and it's already started. I look forward to um, the debate. I think it's very important for people to know that are listening and, and watching today that that um, we are committed to having a first rate uh, highway system and local roads. Um, uh, uh, that are maintained in, in, throughout the state of Indiana. And, and I think that's really, really important because uh, we, we're always constantly recruiting companies to come here. No one's wanna go, going to want to come to Indiana if they feel like a bridge is going to fall. And yeah, that's one of the key issues I know, having served in local government out in Hendricks County, 74 in Brownsburg, huge issue. Companies look at that when they're looking at coming to town, 70 out in Plainfield, 36 in Avon, and that's just Hendricks County. Mm-hmm. I'm sure for local governments it's a big deal to get this thing taken care of as well. Absolutely, and we, we have um, sent a great deal of money uh, to the locals for their roads, but but um, obviously with weather and, and, and with um, uh, you know just the travel of automobiles and trucks, it needs to be constantly on the tip of our, our tongue and talking about how we can make our infrastructure better in the state of Indiana. Now, this will be the first year, and I'm going to say this, at least entering session, where there's not some sort of over overhead drama facing you guys. It was the marriage issue in, in uh, uh, a couple of years ago, and then it was RIFRA, and then it was Governor Pence's re-election. Uh, it's going to be nice to be able to get maybe like back to business without some – there are huge issues, but not huge – things that are going to inflame people either way right well it's it's uh it, i'm i'm anticipating a business-like session and and uh um uh, taking it issue by issue and and um challenging ourselves and confronting ourselves uh with a vision for the future to make indiana better and and uh and get to the next level as governor Holcomb has said uh but uh, that doesn't come overnight uh i i think the reason why Indiana excels is because we always have these principles that we are guided by, uh, balanced budgets and responsible spending. Uh, not only that, but the idea of um, when you make a di- big decision, make it on data, collection of data, good positive results. Uh, we rarely swing for the fences unless we really have the the, the fat one coming down the plate. And um, Indiana is conservative. But I do believe that we will have a session this year that is very, very uh, results-oriented, and we will have a positive end. And the program is Capital Happenings with Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt. We've mentioned this before, and obviously you're going to find out real quick. You have a new governor coming in, and you guys, I'm sure, want to have deference to him and things he'd like to see done. Have you guys sat down and said, look, what are your two, three, four things you want to do? Mm-hmm. Well, we've had uh, – I've had uh, text chats with Governor Hokum. Uh, and, and we're listing as Gov in your phone. Uh, <laughs> how does he show up? It's just – for me, it's Eric World. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, but uh, the, the – uh, uh, Having Suzanne Crouch as his lieutenant governor and the presiding, yes, she is, and the presiding officer of the of the Indiana Senate is going to be very, very helpful to him. But the legislature is not something new to Eric Holcomb. Uh, the new governor will do a terrific job. His cabinet is outstanding. 
uh, and just named a new budget director the other day. And, and uh, I have every confidence that we're going to balance the books. We're going to make some great strides in, in, in um, uh, the, the confrontation of killing heroin. And we're going to do uh, what we can to make sure that our uh, kids have the very best tools to be educated in the state of Indiana. Now, you mentioned killing heroin, and a guy that we mentioned last week on this podcast was reappointed as health commissioner, Jerome Adams. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're very happy about that. Absolutely. Uh, Jerome Adams has been an icon. Um, And like I said last week, he's he's actually a constituent. But uh, Dr. Adams has been on uh, square one, right in the front of the line, on the issues of a needle exchange or of HIV, uh, Hep C, Scott County, um, uh, we had a problem with not enough Narcan with uh, immense amount of, of uh, overdoses from um, oh, late, late August. He has been at the front of the line. He, he has uh, stepped forward and, uh, and just invaluable asset for the state of Indiana and has been uh, sent to Washington to offer his advice there. What uh, what sort of time frame do you think on session this year? Because I was talking with somebody when I came in last week, and they said that, that the earliest session got on this floors me was Valentine's Day one time. Yes, that was that that was Valentine's Day, and that was after a very long session um, back in the '90s where we actually were in session all the way to June 30th, and so instead of a March 15th. Um, uh, March 15th adjournment, if you will, signed I, we, we adjourned on February 14th. And, uh, and it was workmanlike. Uh, the, the staff was uh, ragged by the end of um, session that year. But uh, there was a lot uh, finished in a very short session, but we got out over a month earlier than we were um, constitutionally able to. Floors me. Yes. Valentine's Day. It was, it was very, very quick. Uh, but, but when you finish June 30th, uh, uh, January comes around real quick, and so we were uh, we were fortunate. We had leaders back then that got us through, and um, um, obviously uh, that won't happen this time. What do you, What do you think? Like uh, usually, you guys go into April. Obviously, it's a budget session. You anticipate running it up to the clock this year? I, I anticipate a, a, a um, an April twentieth uh, or whatever a Friday would be. It won't be April twenty ninth. Uh, or even into May, we we will uh, we will finish our work. We will have balanced budget, and uh, we'll start conquering some problems such as infrastructure. All right, I want to close with this? Uh, obviously, our final episode before the uh, the Christmas holiday, and assume we'll have one next week to Absolutely. talk to people. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, anything you want to say to the audience and your constituents mm-hmm. as we head into Christmas? Well, to the uh, people in the state of Indiana, uh, we've had a very good 2016. And uh, I'm look, looking forward to a brighter 2017. want to wish you all a happy holiday and a very Merry Christmas. All right, uh, this has been our second episode of Capital Happenings. Don't forget, uh, you can check out, the obviously, the podcast here on YouTube. We're also available on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you just search Central Indiana Today, you'll find the show labeled there. And you can go back and, uh, and listen anytime you want, right from your smartphone uh, or tablet. Senator Merritt, hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Same to you. Thank we'll, you, Rob. We'll talk to you next week. You've been watching Capital Happenings. Thanks for joining us. That was the second edition of Capital Happenings, our weekly podcast. I'm going to be hosting with Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt, keeping you up to date on what's going on with the Indiana legislature. And that's getting ready to kick off very soon. They're going to be back first of the year, and it goes hot and heavy through uh, 
through April. So we're very excited to be doing that. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's show, you can check out the podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Central Indiana Today, and you can listen right from your smartphone or tablet, as always, the podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.